Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current study, Bless. The Bless practices were created as a simple tool to help you bring the love of God to others. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy! This morning, we're beginning a new series, and let me just start off with a story that I ran across that I think is important for this series as we kick it off. Right before Christmas, 29-year-old Nikki Winton was planning a two-week ski vacation to Europe when a friend contacted him and urged him to come to Prague in Czechoslovakia. Now, in London, Nikki was a successful stockbroker, living the good life with a passion for sports, but he also had a huge heart for humanity. How come it seems that whenever I... Uh, the year of this event was actually 1938. And in October of that year, Nazi Germany had started to annex ethnically German countries and territories. And in November, persecution of Jewish people by Nazi leaders had begun swiftly and it was moving across the whole continent. Nikki's friend worked for the British Committee for Refugees from Czechoslovakia, and he wanted Nikki to see the Jewish refugee camps that were filled to capacity with people and with political prisoners and people of Jewish background. Nikki was already alarmed by the violence committed against Jewish people in the communities earlier in the year, and he was certain while the Germans had only annexed a portion of Czechoslovakia, they would soon take over the rest of the country. So he canceled his vacation, and he went to Prague. What Nikki saw in Prague was a city flooded with desperate people trying to escape. A few fortunate people were able to actually send their children abroad without them. These parents, mostly Czech Jews, sensed that war was coming, and they wanted to get their children out. In an interview in 2014, Nikki said, all I knew was that the people that I met couldn't get out, and they were looking for ways of at least getting their children out. Immigration in that year was not an option. The world's doors were closed to refugees. So these people housed in refugee camps in the winter with conditions that were horrible, that were brutal. There were 150,000 people trapped there, and especially for children, this was harsh. Knowing that Jewish agencies in Britain had organized the rescue of German and Austrian Jewish children, Nikki was concerned that no one was doing the same thing for the Jewish children in Czechoslovakia. So even though he had no experience or training for such a huge bureaucratic task, he set up a small organization with one aim, to get as many kids out as fast as possible. Parents of hundreds of children came to him and asked him to take their children. Can you imagine that? Then he returned to London to convince the British authorities to take him seriously and to recruit families who would be willing to take these children in. Working as a stockbroker by day and then at night with a group of volunteers, they rescued 669 children from certain death. And these rescues went on until war was declared. About what he did, Nikki said this. 
I work on the motto, if something's not impossible, there must be a way of doing it. Nikki went and realized that he was blessed. And he wanted to use his life to help others, or you could say to bless others. Now, during the war, Nikki did other things to bless people. He drove an ambulance for the Red Cross. He joined the Royal Air Force and trained pilots. He got married. He raised a family. And he continued to do things throughout his life to bless other people. Amazingly, what Nikki did never received a lot of publicity. He didn't really share it with people. He didn't, he didn't brag about it. And those 669 children really never knew who was responsible for rescuing them. Their parents died in concentration camps, but they were given a second chance at life. That all was until 1988, when Nikki's wife found the papers with all the names and photos of the children that had been saved. Realizing that Nikki had done something amazing, she contacted the BBC, and they arranged a surprise for Nikki to uh, have him come to an event, and they would invite as many of the other children who are now adults to surprise him. And that's when it became public. If you search the internet, you can watch an emotional reunion of Nikki with those now grown children. And, and once his story was publicized, he was honored in Czechoslovakia and in England, and he was even knighted by the queen as Sir Nicholas Winton. But really, Nikki didn't care about all that. Though he received those honors humbly, what he cared about was using his life to make a difference, to help other people, to bless them, because he could. Now, I wanted to share that inspirational story with you because Nikki Winton was an ordinary person who did extraordinary things. He was able to do that because he was just like you and me. He didn't have any special talents, not more talents than anybody else. He didn't have more wealth than others. He didn't have more time off than others. He did these things because he realized something needed to be done. And in his mind, if he didn't do it, it wouldn't be done. So today we're starting a series called Bless. And it's to help you make the most of your life as a follower of Jesus. We're gonna look at how we have been blessed as people, and we're gonna recognize that blessing as we dig into the scripture. I do wanna encourage you, as I have last week, to pick up a copy of this book. It's called Bless, uh, to read it along with this series. It's got some biblical practices that I'm gonna highlight, and even our small groups, our life groups, are gonna be going through this book. So I wanna encourage you to take full advantage of this because we believe this can help us fulfill our mission as a church to love God, to love people, and to change the world. So let me begin with a true statement. Every single one of us has been blessed. Every single one of us. It's a biblical truth. So let's talk about the blessing that we've been given. The blessing that I'm talking about has its origins in the story of Abraham and Sarah in the second century before Christ, and we find it written about in the 12th chapter of Genesis. And this is where we read about the blessing. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
God says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless you in multiple ways, but it's the final phrase in that blessing that's so powerful, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. This is the basis of a covenant, a covenant promise that God made to Abraham and Sarah, and as we read later in the book of Genesis, this covenant was extended to their descendants. So God said to Abraham and Sarah, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. You see, God promises to bless all of their descendants and thus bless all people through them. They were blessed by God to be a blessing to others. Now, as we understand this, it's not just a, the biological descendants of Abraham and Sarah through Christ. It's their spiritual descendants. That means you and me. The Apostle Paul explains this about what God did in Christ, writing, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So think this through. You know, in that day and age, there were actually just two kinds of people. They were Jewish people and they were Gentile people. So if you look back in your family history, whether you have Jewish origins or non-Jewish origins, you have been extended the blessing through your faith in Jesus Christ. God's covenant to Abraham and his descendants is fulfilled in the new covenant that Jesus established through his sacrificial death on the cross. And that new covenant is that God will forgive our sins and that God will restore his relationship with those people whose hearts are turned toward him. So, Just as Abraham and Sarah and their descendants were blessed by God to be a blessing to others, we are blessed by God to be a blessing to others. Now that blessing is an honor. That blessing is something to cherish. That blessing is something that's important and special to every one of us. But we also need to recognize this. With that blessing, there is a responsibility Not just to hold it, but to actually live out what we see in Scripture, that we've been blessed to be a blessing. We're called to bless others because we are followers of Jesus. It's important for us to look at how Jesus tells his followers to bless others. So we're going to look at three ways that we've been blessed as followers of Jesus, and we're going to see how we can bless others in return. So let me look at the the first way. We've been blessed to shine. Last year, I started having trouble reading small print, and now it seems like uh, I need reading glasses whenever I want to read anything that's smaller than 20-point font, which, by the way, my notes are in 20-point font, so it makes it a lot easier to read. But I'm blessed because that's really the only eye problems I have. But have you ever thought what a what it would be like to lose your eyesight? Have you ever thought what it would be like to be blind? Now, let's just sort of even live this out just just for the brief moment, okay? Just close your eyes for a moment and 
And think about this. If, if you were a person who had to take multiple medications, how would you be able to separate the pills one from the other and figure out which ones? If you were wanting to use your microwave, how would you know which buttons to push? If you lived in the city and you left your apartment to go to the bus stop, how would you know without asking somebody which side of the street the bus stop was on? I share that with you because someone who was visually impaired came up with a solution, a solution for our modern times. He actually created an app and he created a nonprofit to go with that app and it's called Lend Their Eyes. That's right, Lend Their Eyes. And it's to help those people with visual impairments through video chats on their phones. And so volunteers say that I will be willing to help someone who's visually impaired. They can call me up. They can turn on the video chat on their phone and they can show the person what they're trying to figure out and they can lend them their eyes to help that solution be made. Now, as people who don't struggle with visual impairments, you know, we see light. We, we understand the difference between light and darkness, but, you know, we, we live in, in the daylight during the day. And, and so it, it's amazing for us to consider what it would be like to not be able to see and to, and to have to figure things out. Now, as I say that, I, I think about one of the names that Jesus has is that he is the light of the world. And in the Gospel of Matthew, he says something that, that I think sometimes confuses people. It's in his Sermon on the Mount, and he says this. He goes, you are the light of the world. He's telling us that since we know him, the one who is the light of the world, that we are blessed to have the light of the world shining in our lives, Jesus. And he goes on and tells us that with that blessing, Recognizing what we have in Christ, we're supposed to shine his light into the rest of the world. In other words, be reflectors of his light. I appreciate how Pastor Eugene Peterson put this in his paraphrase of Scripture called the message. So let me read how he paraphrases Jesus' words about us being the light of the world. He says, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God this generous Father in heaven. You see, as, as Christ followers, our purpose is to be the light in this world, to be light bearers, to shine the light of Christ into a dark world. So I'm going to ask you just here to pause. Think for a moment how you've been blessed by the light of Christ in your life. And as you think of that, ask yourself, 
Who can you bless by shining the light of Christ into their life? Certainly we can all think of not just one people, person, but several people. So we've been blessed to shine. We've also been blessed to love. You know, I, I try not to, to make an assumption, so uh, let me ask you a question. Do you know what the golden rule is? I heard at least, I see some nods. All right, do you know where the golden rule comes from? All right, so I'll hit these in, in reverse order. All right, uh, the golden rule comes again from the Sermon on the Mount, from Jesus, and this is what he said. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Think about those possibilities. And as you do, I'll tell you a story. A story about airlines that actually is positive, unlike recent news. And actually, this is about someone who worked at Southwest Air. So... uh, At the end of her freshman year, just last year, uh, freshman Kira Rumfola packed her bags and headed to the airport with her favorite roommate. Her favorite roommate was Theo, a betta fish. She was headed to the airport with a fish in water in a container, and you can imagine what happened. She she got there to the boarding agent, uh, and they stopped her. Now, Amazingly, she had been able to do this uh, over other holidays during her freshman year, so she thought it would be no problem. So the customer agent representative was Ishmael Lazo, and he noticed the fish, and he explained to Kira that that the uh, airline's pet policy only allowed small dogs and small cats in pet containers. So she said, well, I was in trouble because all of my roommates had already gone for the summer and I had nobody to leave Theo with and, and she really was in a panic and that's where the story takes customer service to a new level. Maybe we could say a golden level. So the customer service, represent, uh, customer service representative Lazo said he understood her concern because he, he would have trouble leaving his two dogs if, and abandon them somewhere if he couldn't take them on a trip with him. And so he said, how about if I take your fish home to live with me over the summer? And you can text me whenever you want to know how Theo's doing. And when you get back in the fall, I'll get him back to you. Well, right away... She felt good about this, and she decided to let him take her fish. And as soon as she got to New York, she texted him and said, Hi, this is the girl from the airport. How's my fish doing? And he said, Well, actually, we're just on the way to the store to get him a bigger tank to stay in. So Lazo does say that all through the summer, he felt the burden of taking care of the fish because they didn't want anything to happen to the fish. But at the end of the summer, he was able to reunite Kira and her fish so she could start her sophomore year at college with her closest roommate. Now, you know, that's uh, doing for others as you would have them do for you takes it to a new level. I, I, uh, I think I would have been challenged to, uh, to do that. But think about this. The Bible tells us that God has lavished us with love. You read about that in 1 John. The Gospel of John tells us how God 
loved everyone in the world. That's John 3, 16. After Jesus washes the disciples' feet, he turns to them and he says, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. And then when Jesus is asked what the greatest commandment is, he says, first of all, you need to love God with all you are. But then he says, and this sounds a whole lot like the golden rule, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now look, as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to love both God and other people. And we are blessed to know that God loves us without conditions. We're blessed to know that, that there is nothing, and Scripture tells us this, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And if we have been blessed to be a blessing, then we need to make sure we demonstrate that love that we felt, that we've experienced, that God has actually used through other people to send us love, that we're supposed to be the same type of people who love others as we have been loved, who love others as God has loved us, who recognize that we have been blessed and we need to be a blessing to others. So take a moment. Consider how God has loved you. And now, ask yourself, who can I bless by demonstrating God's love to them. One final observation about how we've been blessed. We've been blessed, and this is going to sound strange, we've been blessed to go. Now, what does it mean to be blessed to go? When the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus speaks to his disciples both then and now. We, we know that everything Jesus said applied to his disciples then, but it applies to every successive generation of followers of Jesus. And he gives the disciples then and us today what we call the Great Commission. And I'll read it to you. This is Jesus speaking. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And truly, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the commission begins with a command, to go, to go to others. Translators like to say that in our English language, the, the tense that it comes across as an imperative to us is not quite the same as it, as it can be understood in the original Greek language. It, it's not a command to go, it's as you are going through life, make disciples. As you're going through life, make disciples. As you're preparing breakfast for your kids, make disciples. As you go to work, make disciples. As you're commuting, make disciples. As you're saying hi to your neighbors as you walk around the block, make disciples. As you go to the grocery store, make disciples. It's this idea that it's not something that we set aside time to do. It's this idea that it's who we are, that we share with others 
what Jesus means to us, that, that our, our faith isn't ours to hold, but that as we rub shoulders with people, our faith rubs off. Other people will say, wow, there's something different about you. And you say, well, yeah, you know, I, I try to follow Jesus to the best of my ability. As you are going, it's a blessing to understand that somewhere in our lives, Somebody took the, as you go through life, command seriously and presented us with the truth about Jesus. And it clicked and we understood it and we believed and we became a follower of Jesus because somebody took the time to go to us while they were doing life. So it's our responsibility to do the same thing as we go through life, share with others who Jesus is to us. Not heavy-handed, but just like you would share your excitement or enthusiasm over a, a new vehicle or a birthday or, or something like that, that it, that it, that meaningful you. It's not something to take and to, uh, at, using Jesus' words, to cover it up with a bowl or a basket, but it's something to let other people know that we reflect his light to others. So we are blessed to, as we go through life, to, to share Christ with others. Someone took the time to do that with you. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a coach. Maybe it was a teacher or a pastor. They took the time to go to you and to tell you who Jesus is, and you are blessed because they took that time to go to you. But you can be a part of the blessing too by going, by telling people in your circumference of influence. And I want you to think about that. Think about the people who you influence in the world, people you have relationships with, people you work with, people you go to class with, people you do hobbies with, people that you see regularly where you get your hair cut or where you, when you go to the store, wherever it is. People that you live beside. They're in your circle of influence. So stop for a moment and remember who it was who took the time to bless you by going to you to share Jesus with you. And you know what? It probably wasn't a one-time thing. It was probably multiple times. Now, think about who you can go to and bless with that message. I'm going to draw this to a close and wrap it up. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. But from Abraham and Sarah all the way to you, God has been blessing his followers so that we can be a blessing to others. And it's how the message of Christ has spread. And we're all called to spread that message and be a blessing to others. The truth of the matter is you're either being a blessing or you're not. And, and we're going to drill down into this deeper over the coming weeks because it's, it's not just what we say with our mouths, but it's also how we live our lives. But I, let me go back to, to Nicky Winton. He said, if something's not impossible, there must be a way of doing it. And thus, he helped save people's lives. He blessed others. You and I have a very similar opportunity that has more far-reaching consequences than what Nikki did. He saved people's lives 
for their lifetime. You and I have the opportunity to save people's lives for eternity. And when we share the blessing of eternal life that we have through faith in Christ with others, we can change their lives now and forever. That takes the blessing that we have been given and shares it with others, blessing them by sharing it with them. So as I said, over the next coming weeks, we'll drill down into some ways that are biblical and practical to bless others. But I I really want to challenge you to, to really ponder and think about how you can be a blessing to others. I do want to encourage you to grab a copy of that book and also join a life group so you can have the ability to be iron sharpening iron with other people and and learn how you can be a blessing to others as God has called us to. Now, I want to close in prayer that we would all lean into this, but I recognize it might be somebody who's never said, you know what? Okay, I understand now what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and I want to become a follower. And so I'm going to invite anybody who's never told him that he wants to believe in him and follow him to do that and become a follower of Jesus. And if you do pray that prayer, please let us know because we would love to give you some material that will help you grow in that decision. So if you would, bow your heads, let's pray. God, as we come here, we are blessed. We are blessed because someone in our lives took the time to tell us about you. And we responded in faith and we have the promise that you are with us now through the power of your spirit in this life but that we will be with you forever in eternity. And so, Lord, I I am grateful for that, and I pray that you would help us lean into being a blessing to others. I also recognize, Lord, there might be somebody here who's never told you that they want to be your follower and they want to become your follower today. So if that's you, just pray these words back to Jesus silently, wherever you are. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus died to pay for my sins and that he rose again from the dead. And now I declare to you, God, that I want to be your follower. I accept your forgiveness and I want to walk with you for the rest of my life. And then, Lord, so we say amen to all these prayers. Thank you for what you've done. Continue to work in us and help us lean in to the blessing that we've been given by being a blessing to others. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand for our final song? Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.